This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 733, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, December the 4th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 733. Today, I'm taking a look at some of the selected releases for the week of Wednesday, December the 4th. But in this case, it's actually not just selected releases, it's two. I was recently looking at old episodes of the podcast, and I remember I used to talk about 10 to 15 to sometimes even 20 books in our reviews podcast, and it would go an hour. And now I talk about two. <laughs> uh, quickly looking at some of the books that did come out the 4th of December, which I haven't had a chance to read yet, include new issues of Amazing Spider-Man. Haven't really been enjoying the storyline, so that's why I didn't kind of get read yet uh annihilation scourge fantastic four annihilation scourge nova batman universe batman uh black cat conan serpent war number one uh deathstroke dr doom excalibur ghost rider 2099 green green lantern black stars number two of three inferior five justice league lois lane marauders new year's evil old man quill number 12 why do i feel like i read this i guess i didn't i feel like i read the i guess the 11th issue uh didn't actually finish this or you know what I'm thinking of? I'm also thinking of, of Dead Man Logan. That's what I think I'm thinking of in my head. Uh, Savage Avengers, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Dark Temple, Star Wars Saga, Superman Up in the Sky, The Magnificent Miss Marvel, The Web of Black Widow, Venom 2099, Wonder Woman Come Back to Me, X-Men number three, and Young Justice. So what, pray tell, did I actually get a chance to read? And what am I going to be talking about for the next four or five minutes before we sign off for this episode? Uh, so I read Daredevil 14. This is Through Hell, part four, by... Uh, a great creative team. We've got Chip Sadarsky, Marco Cicetto, Francesco Mobili, Mobili uh, on art, uh, or credited as artists, uh, or Marco Cicetto and Francesco Mobili. Uh, you got Nolan Woodard on color art, and then you got virtual calligraphies, uh, virtual calligraphy, sorry, uh, Clayton Cowles on letters, and you have Julian Totino Tedesco as cover artist, and the, there's a 2020 variant by Scan. It's uh, got an assistant editor, Danny Kazem, Devin Lewis is the editor, and Nick Lowe is the executive editor. Um, so I'm really enjoying the current run on Daredevil, but now that Marco Cicchetto is back, it's just, it, it takes a, a, a different life. Like, I love his art, uh, although I would say everyone's maybe too gorgeous and too pretty and too good looking, but uh, you have a, a brewing gang war here. You have a very fascinating um, uh, connection being uh, forged between Daredevil and Cole. You also have Daredevil and Elektra at the end. Um, this is exciting and interesting, and um, yeah, this this book is just has such a great character study it's it's taking its time but not too much time it's pushing the characters forward um getting matt to kind of really deal with who he is and what he is and maybe becoming daredevil again um you know it's at times a bit of a slow burn but it's a it's an enjoyable one and one that feels like it's earned um it doesn't feel like we're just things are just happening it, it feels like it's it's earning every moment and every story beat i'm gonna give it an eight and a half i thought this was great um, and last but not least, we have Thor the Worthy one-shot as part of the Marvel 80 Years uh, celebrations. This time uh, we've seen other books throughout the year. Uh, Spider-Man was one. Now we have Thor the Worthy. It's interesting, though, because it's so different. Because something like Spider-Man, when you had the Spider-Man uh, self-improvement and also the other one, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but the one that Eric Larson contributed, it was still about Spider-Man. And they were Spider-Man's stories. And yet... Even even if you know they were kind of alt universe in, in terms of the Spider Man one, you had kind of an alternate story. But what about you know if the uh, alien costume concept was used very differently, radically differently? Uh, but here in Thor: The Worthy, um, I, really none of these stories are really about Thor. Um, they're about others who have been kind of in his in his uh, orbit. Uh, so the first story is called Beyond the Field We Know by Walter Simonson on. on uh, 
the story and script, uh, Mike Hawthorne with pencils, the legendary and amazing Sal Buscema on inks, and colorist Tamara Von Villain on uh, colors, as I said, and letters by John Workman. Then you got Hearts of Stone, Feet of Clay, uh, which is script, plot, and pencils by Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends, Eith, uh, sorry, Keith Williams on inks, Rochelle Rosenberg on colors, and virtual calligraphies, uh, Clayton Cowles on letters, and then Rule for Reflection, a story about uh, the Jane Foster version of Thor. So when I say it, Thor's not really in, in any of these, I mean the proper Odin, not proper, that's the wrong word, but the Thor Odinson character. Um, so you have the Jane Foster Thor and a team up with... Um, uh, a Sif, and this is written by Catherine Immonen, who did write a, a Journey into Mystery series with Sif pre- previously. Art by Tom Riley, colors by Chris O'Halloran, and virtual calligraphies Clayton Cowles on letters. Uh, cover art is by Kim Jacinto and Hava Targeg. Tartaglia Oof. Uh, and variant cover art is by Walt Simonson and Paul Mounts um, and I really enjoyed this it's edited by Will Moss so for a lot more discussion of this particular issue or at least the second story the one by Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends um, I do recommend that you download the next episode episode 734 uh, which will be um, it's a very long but extremely interesting conversation with Ron Friends uh, so I got to sit down with him actually just yesterday evening as I speak so on the 12th of December we, we sat down and we spoke for two and a half hours and uh, we really went deep on uh, him working on the Spider-Man self-improvement one-shot, as well as Thor the Worthy. And we really talk, we go really granular and talk about, you know, what was going on, how this story came about, certain choices that were made, um, certain things about the art, etc. Um, I mentioned on the sh- on that episode that actually the, the last page of this 10-pager I actually just purchased yesterday. Um, I had been looking at, you know, what, what page I could maybe pick up. I'm a big fan of Ron's. Uh, when, his re- re- when he does new pieces of art, I do try to kind of jump on CatskillComics.com, which is where his um, his, his art dealer is, and to uh, try to pick up new pieces, um, especially because like these issues I have, and they just there's just something special about them. There are older pieces of art there as well, which I haven't picked up, and that are earlier in their Thor run. That if you want to check it out, you can find those as well. Um, art, his newer art really does seem to go fast. Generally, the Spider-Man self-improvement is all sold out now. There's only ten pages of it. That one I ended up with page ten as well. And a few years ago, he had a, a, Sp- a Spider Girl story as part of the backups of the Spider Island uh, series, which I guess was during Secret Wars. Um, anyways, I, I was able to pick up a page, a snag a page from that as well. The only thing I was not able to get a page of was his recent, uh, I say recent, three years ago, uh, his um, his art on the Clone Conspiracy backup to issue number one with Gwen Stacy, which was absolutely fantastic. So loved it. And uh, we talk about that in that issue, uh, that particular issue as well, and certain choices that were made on that episode. So, um, if you weren't already planning on listening to um, the conversation with Ron Friends, and, and you're listening to this, I really do recommend it. And we go, as I said, deep into Thor the Worthy. Um, I really enjoyed this one shot. Um, you know, again, it was interesting that none of the stories are about Thor Odinson, but they were all interesting uh, stories about characters who have been caught in Thor's orbit. So you have a Sif and Beta Ray Bill story. Um, which I which I liked, and I also liked the interpretation of uh, Odin, which was a very specific version by Walt Simonson. Um, so I really liked uh, that, and it it felt very classic in terms of like even their interpretation of young Thor was uh, a lot younger than the young Thor we've gotten most recently by Jason Aaron, um, and a little bit more innocent, but just more fun as well. Um, and then you have so I would say that that was a great story, very enjoyable. I thought Bissema did a fantastic job on Mike Hawthorne's art, um, and then. 
Um, the DeFalco and Friends team did an amazing job on their Thunderstrike story. And this is set in between issues of the original Thunderstrike run, which is even more special. I think it's, it's, a, it's kind of an untold story, but it makes sense as to what the story is trying to do. It's trying to kind of show an, un, an unseen moment that's important in the development of that character. Um, and you got to show the Grey Gargoyle as well. And you also have a little bit more about Code Blue. And again, I do recommend listening to the episode with Ron Friends because we go really deep into some of those decisions and how these stories, the story, the 10 pages really came about. Um, one thing I really want to point out, though, is that the colors were done by Rochelle Rosenberg. And it's such a flat... Um, now, I'm not saying that in a rude way. I'm saying this is what Ron said. If, if Ron can describe the, art, the color art here as flat or using, a, I guess, a flatter palette, um, I'm safe. I feel like I'm safe to say the same words because I'm not in any way trying to be disparaging. In fact, I'm only trying to be complimentary that the color art was absolutely fantastic because it doesn't look like a more modern book. It looks like something that you would have seen colored in you know the early 90s in a good way. Um, there's just something special about it. It really snaps off the page in a different way. It catches the eye. I really loved it. Um, I really, yeah, the art was already fantastic, but the color art, I think, really helped sell what they were trying to do here in terms of, you know, the approach and the character and the time period and that kind of that feeling. They wanted it to feel like something that, you know, if you took these pages and you bound them and you slotted them in with the other, you know, Thunderstrike issues, it wouldn't feel that out of place. It would feel remarkably in place. The only difference being, obviously, that you didn't have Al Milgram doing the inks on it. You had... Um, you know, a different artist. You had uh, William Keith Williams doing the inks, uh, but other than that, like it's it just it, it feels like you ripped it out of a you know it's almost it almost looks like it could be a reprint and you wouldn't have been shocked if, if someone had said you know this these these pages are reprinted from you know an earlier Thunderstrike story I would have been like yeah okay makes sense just purely based on the colors alone um, that's how authentic they are to the original Thunderstrike stories and then the last backup uh, or not backup the last story in this in this. Um, one shot compilation is called Rule for Reflection, A Journey into Mystery with Catherine Imminen uh, and Tom Riley. And again, it's a it's a story about Sif and Jane Foster as Thor. And I liked it. It was, you know, a little simple, but uh, it was interesting. The only thing that was a little bit weird was at times the the way in which the character spoke almost felt alien even for Thor uh, or even for a Thor comic. Um um, but it was, it, you know, it was definitely enjoyable, and it felt like it added an extra dimension to that version of the character. So I really liked it. Um, so overall, for the issue, I'm going to give it an eight and a half. Um, I feel like for me, uh, maybe an eight. I'm going to give it an eight. I feel like the Ron Friend story is, is kind of a nine uh, in here, but I think the other two, I think the Simonson one was solid. I think it was more of an eight, and then I, th- I would almost say that the imminent written story was more of a seven. So if you average it all out, I think it comes out to well, and maybe the math isn't perfect, but I'm going to go with an eight overall. Um, I think that's a, a fair assessment, but I really enjoyed the Ron Friends story. And again, I do recommend you listen to the next episode because I go very deep on this particular story and understanding some of the decisions that were made. And I, I just find it so fascinating to talk to someone like Ron because he's such a storyteller. Um, he really is. And um, he's really able to you know, paint a picture, not only obviously with his pencils, but also just with his words and to help you understand certain decisions that were made or why, like he's a, he's a real storyteller. He's a consummate professional and always a lot of fun to, to listen to. Uh, so I definitely recommend checking out that episode. Uh, you can email me at comic shenanigans at gmail.com. You can rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again for listening. I really appreciate it. And we'll catch you next time where I sit down with Ron friends for two and a half hours. Hope you're ready for uh, a very long interview, but a great one. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.